Hi, I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. And with me today, I'm so excited, I have Naomi Rodriguez. Hi, Naomi. Hi, Judy. Nice to be here. Thank you. I haven't seen you for a while. Um, you you took my class, right? The Message of You when yes. my book first came out. The very first class of The Message of You. My husband signed me up without telling me. And then uh, I show up to some place where we're going to do speaking and writing. Two things I hate. <laughs> Your husband signed you up. Well, at least it wasn't a pole dancing class. I would have lost a little weight. (laughs) At least. Well, I was so um, compelled by your story that when I wrote the message of you, I put you in the introduction of the book, the beginning of the book, your story, because I thought it was such a compelling example how life can throw you something that it seems like you're just going down the drain, just you're feeling so horrible about the circumstances in your life, and yet um, years later, here you have a book called Navigating ADHD, A Journey to Heart Space Parenting. You are living a purpose your purpose yes, yes. and you're such a great example of turning a mess into a success so before we talk about your book let's talk about that mess and where you were at um back then and what was what was going on in your life so back then my son was about four years old and um, really struggling with behavior, and I was struggling with how to parent him. I was in a really dark place because no matter what I did, it wasn't working. What was um, I remember you telling me something about a police, and you were yes, putting him in the back. Would, Wait, what was that all about? Okay, so we didn't matter where we went. How old was he at this point? He was he was probably about four years old. Okay, so it didn't matter where we went. He never wanted to leave. So when we would go to the park, it didn't matter if we were there 15 minutes, two hours. When it was time to leave, he would have a full-blown temper tantrum where I would have to pick him up and uh, literally hold on to him so tight as he was punching and kicking me to get him in the car, in the car seat, and home as he's screaming the whole way, which seems like an hour, but it really was only like 10 minutes. But I would think the cops are going to stop me, and they're going to say, you know, they're going to take me. I'm going to say take me because I don't know how to calm him down, screaming and yelling. And so that was my life. That was and your life? What, what we, like, besides the screaming and yelling, did was he having problems in... Um, was he going to school at this time? At the time, he was not going to school. He was. I was at a stay-at-home mom with him. But after the issues I started to have with him, be, even being home, was um, I decided that maybe school was what he needed. Maybe he was spending too much time with me at the park, you know, having fun. Yeah. So we put him in school. And then at school, they started to ha- uh, have the same issues with him, which was wouldn't sit down to pay attention to the lesson, would talk back to the teachers, and was hitting and 
things that were not acceptable in preschool. And when they're asking you, if you don't change it, we're going to you know, ask you to leave. Well, you're like, wow, I'm paying you to teach my child. And you're saying, we don't even want your money. You got to get them out of here. So this was supposed to be a solution. Right. And you thought, okay, finally, he'll go to preschool. He'll learn to get along. There'll be teachers. There'll be, I'll have some help. And did he get to stay there or did they want to? So the, the, t the school was great. They said, we don't know how to help you, but we will support you any way we can. And so what I did was I called my insurance company and I started asking for providers in the area that could help my son with the issues he was having. Now, how were you and your husband dealing with this? Was this having an effect on your life and your well-being and your sanity and your every 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 area of our life it was affecting us like what like um you know i was ready to divorce my husband 80 to 90 percent of marriages that have special needs children end in divorce i was he was we were raised very differently i was raised where i was not hit he was raised where he was hit and um we have this child that's out of control. So now who's going to win? Is Are we going to hit or not hit? Well, uh, we are not hitting. And so we needed to find a way how to take control of the situation and get skills that we didn't have to help our son. And, and so, what was how was it affecting you? Were, were you depressed? Were you feeling? I was depressed at night. I would cry myself to sleep. I would pray to God. What is the lesson He's here to teach me? Because mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I literally did not know what to do. I had two options. One was get in my car and never come back, or take my own life. Oh my that's, God! That's were, how dark I was. You were that dark, Naomi. I was so, you were in such a dark place, and the only thing that kept me from not leaving was that I would have to drink plenty of alcohol and smoke plenty of cigarettes to sleep at night, and the thought my mother would never get over my my death. So that kept me from not taking my life or leaving. Were you feeling like it was your fault? I mean, that yes. What did I do to for my fault in many ways? What did I do to deserve a child like this? I'm being punished for something I did. I don't know what it is. And the other one was all the things that I did in my life, the alcohol, the, you know, experimenting with drugs and all. This is what has happened to my son because of all these things I did. This is my fault. And now I have to fix this because there is not nobody can take care of this but me. He is mine. Mm. Wow. So here you go from a very dark place. And what changed I guess what is the what is the moment where so the moment you know of like after six months of praying to God what's the lesson mm -hmm. he's here to teach me it came one day in the form of a 45 minute tantrum he wow. was on 45. the 40... so you were praying during this time no he was my praying would take place at night but in the morning he was having a, he had a 45 minute tantrum wow and he, I was just looking at him and I just didn't know what to do. And I would go in the bathroom and smoke cigarettes because I didn't know what to do. How do I calm him down? If I got near him, he'd kick me and punch me. So I 
went in the bathroom and when I came out, he was still on the floor screaming and yelling, just kicking. He wouldn't do anything. He just lay there, kick and scream and yell. And I just looked at him and in his eyes, I could see suffering. Something I had never seen before in all the tantrums he had had numerous for the past two, three years of tantrums. I had never seen the suffering that I had seen that day in his eyes. That changed everything for me. When I, my heart broke for my son's suffering, I went over to him, even though he kicked me and hit me. He, when he saw me, I went to pick him up and just hold him. He stopped kicking and screaming. And I said, don't worry, everything is going to be okay. And I just cradled him and I just Aww. rocked him. I got some water, I wet his face and I said, it's gonna be okay, don't worry. That was a pivotal changing moment in my life. And before that, you were just kind of maybe going, stop it, stop it. Correct. And this was um, a point where you, where you just held him tight and, and, and showed him some hope. Exactly. I had what my son taught me in that moment was compassion, empathy, and unconditional love without judgment. Uh, so I guess I, I have not born a child. I have God, God children. I tend to like children after they can drive themselves places. <laughs> um, but what, what you did was you, you just surrendered to accepting him at that moment, correct? Correct. And then I decided that what I needed to do was educate myself. I needed to figure out what it is that I needed to do to help him because oh. he was suffering. I see. So up until that point, he had a problem. How do we fix his problem? And at that point, you went, it's my problem. Correct. How How was it your problem? How was it you were, you know, because before you were saying you were feeling guilty as a mother and did I do this and you know and but how is this moment different what is tell me a little more about this um this moment, moment this moment was different because um he was my son that I needed to figure out what I was going to do to help him it was no longer about him trying to just to ruin my life it was about me learning the lessons he was here to teach me of love and compassion. So it changed my view towards him. I now went to him with open arms and an open heart versus angry and frustrated at what he was doing to me, which ah. was his own suffering, his only way of expressing how difficult the world was for him. And how did that change things? Once I realized how much he struggled and what he really needed to be successful, I started to implement those things. And the more I started to uh, really dive into the things that were going on with him and showing him, I realized that I could teach him the things he, he needed to know. I could teach him good manners. I could teach him respect. I could teach him how to be honest because I'm the role model. I'm the mirror he's looking at. 
So I realized I needed to do all of those things. So when he looked at me, he saw what it was that was acceptable in society. Mm, I see. So, so uh, what, what did, what did you do? I mean, how do you teach a kid who's like, can't hear or can't listen and can't behave and, you know, doesn't accept lessons? I mean, what, how did, what did so you do? The first thing I started to do was I started to look for a pattern. What is it that's triggering him? So the pattern, the first one I noticed was transition. So whenever we started to go places, I started to tell him, we're going to go here. This is what we're doing. And when it's time to go, we have to leave, but always know we can go back. Uh-huh. And it took a minute. I mean, it didn't happen overnight. It took probably months of me going over everything we were going to do with him. And and then he started to realize, oh, okay, we can come back. We can come back. And, yeah, we have to go now, but we can come back. So I get it. You started to speak in his language. Exactly. I started to find his rhythm and started to work from his rhythm. And, And then what happened? And then I started to see a child that started to really bloom and and really um, instead of expressing anger and frustration, he was able to express more love and compassion and not be so angry and be able to understand that these emotions as he got older, we started talking about different emotions and that was okay to have these emotions. You just couldn't destroy property or hit people, but you could punch a pillow, you could be angry, you could yell. As long as you don't do those two things, it's good. And so he now expresses how he feels. Was he uh, diagnosed? I mean, did you get help professionally? Yes, so we had um, neuropsychological testing um, and also neuropsychological educational testing. And um, so we started to get him support in reading because he was diagnosed with dyslexia, phonemic awareness and decoding, which is like he doesn't know where to start um, sound out the word and he doesn't know, uh, hear the sounds correctly. He doesn't process all the sounds to the words. So if he's reading, even though they say he doesn't have dyslexia, he's an avid reader. He was reading comic books. Okay, he's reading bubbles. He's not reading lines. Once he started to read real books, they realized that he was skipping over words that he didn't know how to pronounce. So his diagnosis was dyslexia and ADHD combined. And then what people don't talk about a lot is that when you have ADHD, you also usually suffer from either depression or anxiety or OCD. I mean, dyslexia, uh, dyslexia has a lot of moving parts. And so does ADHD. So in this moment where you went from being punitive with your son to be having empathy and to realizing that he was suffering, he wasn't just, right. you know, a, a pain in, uh, you know. He just wasn't being difficult. I mean, all children want to be loved and accepted for who they are. Mm-hmm. And what I found was one night, he was about six years old, we were getting ready for bed, and every night I would read a book to him. And this particular day was really a tough day. He had been tantruming all day long. 
And after his bath, he was laying in bed. I went to get the book. And when I come back, he was crying. And I said, why are you crying? What's wrong? And he said, Mom, I just want to say that I'm sorry for the way that I treated you today. Wow. He says, I get a feeling. I said, what kind of feeling? He said, I don't know. It's this feeling. It comes up so fast, I can't push it back down. Wow. And so I knew at that time that he he really needed more help than I could give him and, you know, much more support. And so that's how we we really started to look. So it's here you are in the darkest place, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> drinking, and figuring out ways to kill yourself, um, to being on purpose in life. Correct. And did you feel you then had a purpose or a mission from this? I feel like I was born to bring awareness to ADHD, to bring awareness to the mental and behavioral health of children and young adults. Wow. And I'm holding this book that you wrote, um, Navigating ADHD, A Journey to Heart Space Parenting. So you have this really horrible situation that you see no way out. And looking back on on this, are you saying that you feel it's your was meant to be in some way, or Correct. it was? Why yes. is that? I, I it's like I could talk about it all day long, and all I want to do is bring awareness to what's happening to our special needs population. Special needs isn't always a physical disability that you can see. Special needs are also invisible disabilities like dyslexia and learning disabilities. You can't see the kids look fine, so we automatically label them as bad kids. And I'm here to say that's not the case. They are letting you know they're struggling in life. And that is what I want to bring awareness to and how and certain areas and stuff, they start calling the police once the kids get like 15, 16 years old and they become violent in school. And this creates a school line to jail line pipeline. We are incarcerating our special needs children. Just recently they did a, a survey that 80% of incarcerated men have are, are illiterate. They have learning disabilities. 80% of incarcerated men have learning disabilities. What does that say? So you're now speaking on this. To Correct. You're, you're now on <laughs> empowered with purpose um, going, I, I want to help people before they end up in jail. Correct. I want to help the children. And, and this is amazing because I, I see that you're also the recipient of the President Volunteer Service Award. Um, presented by the President's Council on Service and Civic Participation. That That is amazing. And you're speaking? Yes. Who and are you I, speaking? I am, Tell me about I, your speaking now. So now I'm speaking. Um, I just recently became, it's a volunteer position, but I am the director of a parent and teacher education for CHAD, it's the National Resource on ADHD for Children and um, Adults. And so I am now a director, a board member for the San Fernando Valley chapter. And I'll be running support groups on questions and answers on ADHD and just trying to give parents some tools to navigate 
help navigate their children through the educational system and life after. Wow. So it seems as if your transformation at that moment um, to, and, and as you say um, in your book, heart space parenting, because in that moment you connected to your, your heart and, and from that launched a ripple of inspiration right. for so many people. Do you feel like you are changing lives? I, I, I do, and I call my heart break. He broke my heart wide open, my son, yes. And from all that, from that break in my heart came all of this. And I see so many people that are struggling, so many parents, and more parents than ever now are being diagnosed the same time as their children. So when you have a child that's struggling, chances are one of the parents or grandparents, it's 50% hereditary. So it's you, someone, it's coming from somewhere. So the person who had to change was you. Was me, correct. And now this child is just blooming. He's doing amazing. How old is he now? He's 14 now, and he's doing really well. We just got him in a, another school that's really meeting his needs and dyslexia, and he's went from not being a happy kid to being a happy kid because what I've discovered is that Academic achievement is not as important as um, mental health. Wow. And, you know, a lot of my listeners are not happy in their life. Many of them uh, are very creative people, and they're having difficulty finding their purpose in life and and um, expressing that in the world. And some people right now are in a dark place. The world seems very angry right yes, now yes. what would what would be your advice for people because you seem to have gone on your own journey from mess to success <laughs> and and found a very strong purpose in life um yes. what is your advice for people who are searching i would say that we are all born with a purpose and uh what for me I found that looking for gratitude in my life helped me to see the glass half full versus half empty and have hope um, is, uh, is the fact that life, you know, you have the ability to change your life, your mood, the things that you do. It's you have to dig deep. It's in there somewhere. And that's, you know, I never dreamed that I would be a speaker. First of all, I never liked being in front of people. I, I found had 75% of what my son struggles with in dyslexia. I was a horrible student. I never wrote. And to write a book and to be a speaker, two things that I thought never. And here I am with this message that I feel um, to change the lives of these children who are suffering and we're not seeing that suffering. We're seeing it's bad behavior. Wow. Well, thank you. And those of you um, listening, get Naomi's book, Navigating ADHD, A Journey to Heart Space Parenting. And she has a wonderful website. You can go for more information if you're looking um, to 
find hope and purpose and move forward uh, together for all of us.com. Thank you so much, Naomi, Thank for joining so us on the power of purpose. Thank you so much, Judy, for having me. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening and let's find your message and launch your career. Thank you.